Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says when he was a child, he spoke as a child. He felt as a child. He thought as a child. But when he became a man, he put away those childish things. We're doing a five-week series on saying, how do we put away childish things, but remain childlike? Because Jesus said, unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child, you will by no means enter it. So how do we remain childlike, but put away childish things? And so we're going to look at various aspects of childish things. And today we're looking at boundaries or ownership. You know, one of the things about being a child is you don't really own or control anything. There's nothing you're responsible for. Mum and dad are responsible for the property where they live. They pay the taxes and the bills. They've got to cut the lawn and trim the hedges. They've got to put security in place so that nobody can rob them. They've got to look after that property and they get the benefit of that. They can have a barbecue if they have a garden and nobody can stop them because they own and control that space. There is a boundary line where the next door neighbor's space starts and the next door neighbor owns their place and my mom and dad own this place. And when you're a child, you don't have anything that you control. As you grow a bit older, your mom and dad may say, now this is your bedroom with your sister or your brother. And now we get a little element of control or input. And as you grow a bit older, there are differing levels of control and ownership. But it's only when you become an adult that you own and you control something, you can enjoy the benefits of it. Nobody can stop you. Your neighbor can't shout from across the fence and say, I want you to have a barbecue next Tuesday, or I don't want you to walk around tomorrow in your, in your living room. They can't do that because it's your property. You can enjoy it and you control it, but you are also responsible for it. Whatever happens, you have to take responsibility. And one of the aspects of being childish is that we don't have anything we control. We also have no responsibility. And as we grow up into an adult, Paul says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. We're going to look today at how do I put away that childish aspect of having no boundaries and how do I put on these mature things? You know, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that as far as malice or anger or, or harshness or bad intentions, as far as malice goes, be childish. In other words, have no malice. But as far as understanding goes, when it comes to thinking correctly, be grown-ups. And so I'd like you to put these two concepts together. We're supposed to be childlike, but not childish. That's the one concept. The second concept is we're supposed to have childish malice, no malice, but we're supposed to have adult understanding. And if I put that together, I learn how to be a grown-up in God's kingdom. I learn how to put away childish things. I learn how to understand things from God's perspective, but retain 
that childish lack of malice or harm or, or harshness that sometimes adults have. So we want to remain innocent, pure, trusting like a child, but we don't want to remain childish like Paul says. We put away childish things. Why is this important? I believe there is an epidemic in the world, but also in the body of Christ. There is an epidemic of people who may be walking around in grown-up bodies, but their emotions and their spiritual lives are still very, very childish. And it plays itself out in relationships that are broken, that are dysfunctional. It plays itself out in anxiety, where we expect the world still to look after us like we're a little child, but the world is not like that. And so you get a person who grows up, maybe they're 25, 30 years old, and they still expect somebody to take care of them and make all their decisions for them, or to force them to do the right thing instead of them choosing for themselves. And as a result, they have a, an unhappy and difficult life, and they're not successful members of society. And in the body of Christ, God wants us to grow up, to put away childish things, but to remain childlike. So what is this concept of boundaries? I've already said it's a bit like a property that you own. And I'm, I'm going to mention four aspects of a boundary. Number one, it's something that you own. Number two, it's something that you can enjoy. So if I own a car, I can enjoy that car. I can use it for enjoyment, for whatever purposes I want. Nobody can tell me what to do or what not to do. As long as I'm not breaking the law, I can enjoy the ownership of that thing. So ownership and enjoyment. But then there are two other aspects, control and responsibility. I make decisions over how I use that car and I am responsible for those decisions that I make. If I choose to drive it into a field and it gets stuck in the mud and it cannot be extracted, I have control over that. I can't blame somebody else because part of being grown up and having boundaries and ownership of something is I have control. I make decisions. I choose to drive at this speed or not. I choose to drive in that direction or not. I am the one behind the wheel. But then also the, the other side of that, the flip side is the fourth aspect of boundaries is that there is responsibility. If things go well, if I make good decisions and I use that car well, I receive, I reap the, the consequences that are good. If I choose badly, I reap the consequences that are bad and I am responsible, me personally. Now, all four of these aspects are biblical aspects. You may not have thought of this, but ownership is a biblical aspect. You know, in the Ten Commandments, it says, you shall not steal. What that is saying is that there are some things that belong to you. There are some things that belong to someone else. It also says, thou shalt not covet or, or lust or want what belongs to somebody else. And so we see that ownership is a biblical concept. Also enjoyment, getting enjoyment out of things. In 1 Timothy 6, it says to rich people, God says, he gives you all of these things richly to enjoy. God gives us things to enjoy. When the Israelites were coming into the promised land, 
God delineated the boundaries of the promised land very specifically. And he said, this is your land. Outside of those boundaries, it's somebody else's land, but this is your land. And then he said, enjoy it. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, and you're going to have a wonderful life there. He wants us to enjoy. So ownership and enjoyment. But then the third one is control or decisions. God wants us to make decisions. He wants us to grow up and be able to choose and decide. There are many times in the Bible where God gives people a choice. Um, Just a couple spring to mind where Joshua says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But the verse just before that, he says, You choose which gods are you going to serve. But as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. In Deuteronomy, God says, see, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. He, he gives us two choices or sometimes more than two. But then he tells us which is the best choice. But he doesn't force us to take that best choice unless we're a child. So we see all four aspects of boundaries and ownership and control and consequences So, sorry, that's the the fourth one is consequences. There are consequences. That's the way that God operates. When humans sinned and they turned away from God, he said there are consequences. He said to Adam and Eve, there will be consequences of you cutting yourself off from me, the source of life and blessing and power. But I still allow you to choose. And then when they choose, he makes a plan for them to be rescued back. But they still have to choose. I wonder if you've realized this aspect of God, but also of the way God has made us as humans. That he wants us to grow up to a place where we choose, where we own, where we enjoy, and where there are consequences. Because those are the aspects of boundaries that God wants us to become mature in while remaining childlike, while remaining trusting, without malice. Uh, with good understanding in our minds, but remaining pure and innocent. (laughs) I wonder if you've understood this aspect of boundaries. I suspect that many people listening to me have never looked at things from this point of view. Let me just try and make this a little bit more clear to you. Imagine a little child. They're growing up. They don't need to, to worry too much. You know, in the Old Testament, God made some rules about children and adults. I don't know if you knew this, but there there seems to be a cutoff line in the Old Testament. So in Numbers chapter 1, it says, From 20 years old and above, all who are able to go to war in Israel, you and Aaron shall number them by their armies. God said, there are some people who are going to go to war, And I need to know how many soldiers, you need to know how many soldiers you have. And so you must number them, but from 20 years and above. Those who are below, they're not responsible. They don't have to go to war. You don't need to even record their names or their numbers. I just want to know those who are 20 and above. When the Israelites went into the promised land for the first time, you know, when the Israelites came out of Egypt and God was leading them into the promised land, The journey from Egypt to the promised land is only about two weeks long if you walk it. And yet it took them 40 years because the first time they got there, after they'd been traveling for a a short time, 
maybe about a year or two. The first time they got there, they sent spies into the land. Joshua and Caleb were two of those 12 spies, and they said, yes, we can take the land. But the other 10 spies said, no, there's giants. The land is beautiful. God has given us a lovely land, but there are giants and we are afraid. And so the whole nation chose not to go into the promised land. And God says, that's fine. You can wander around in the wilderness for for 40 years, but your children, your little ones, who you used as an excuse, they said, to God, our little ones will be destroyed. God said, I look after the little ones. And he said, those who are 20 years and younger, they're the ones who will come in. I won't hold them responsible for your lack of faith. And so there is this delineation in the Bible where God doesn't hold children responsible, but also when he allocates land and he gives land to different families and tribes, and when he sends men into war, he says, uh, children, are not counted, but adults are counted. And so children don't have the ownership. They, they, if they inherit something, they have to wait until they are adults to get it. There's this amazing verse. Sorry, before I get there, let me just read Numbers 118. It says, and they assembled all the congregation together. This is talking about them counting the men for war who are above 20 years of age. And they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month. And they recited their ancestry by families, by their father's houses, according to the number of names from 20 years old and above, each one individually. In other words, when you're 20 and above in the Old Testament, you are an individual. You will be responsible individually. You know, when God speaks of judgment day in the New Testament, it always uses the phrase each one. Each one of us will stand before God on judgment day and respond individually. But children, I believe, won't. And that's why in Matthew 18, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven belongs to children. Their angels always see the face of my Father in heaven. They may stray one day like one sheep from the 99 when they're older, but I will want to bring them back. Children are going to heaven. They don't face that judgment. But as we become adults, we get ownership of property. We have responsibilities for our choices. There are consequences and we can enjoy the fruit of the land. So a little child growing up doesn't have any of these things, but as they grow older, they can enjoy all these things. You know, when a child inherits something nowadays, let's just say a child becomes an orphan at a young age. There is a a system in place in virtually every country where they own the thing, but it's not theirs to enjoy until they reach a certain age. It's held in trust or in guardianship for them until they reach a certain age. And that's that's true in the Old Testament and in biblical times as well, but it's also true in relational and spiritual matters. Let me just read you a couple of these verses. Proverbs 23 verse 10 says, Do not move an ancient boundary stone or increase or encroach on the fields of the fatherless, for their defender is strong. He will take up their case against you. It says, do not move an ancient boundary stone, a boundary line, or encroach on the field of the fatherless, because children who are orphans, that is theirs, but they can't protect it. They can't enjoy it. They can't control it yet. And so it's vulnerable for bad people to come and move the boundary lines and try to encroach. 
And that's a sign to me that children have very, very few boundaries. They don't own the thing. They don't control the thing. They don't fully enjoy the benefits of it, and they don't suffer the consequences of it either. Now, why am I saying all this to you today? My friend, in spiritual terms and relational and emotional terms, we have boundaries. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 speaks about God has given each one of us a sphere of control, of ministry, of things we can enjoy, uh, the, a sphere that God has given us, a boundary that God has given us. And God has given you boundary lines, things that he wants you to own, to control, to achieve, uh, gifts that he's given you. And he wants you to be able to be grown up and make decisions and control things and enjoy the benefits of it and take the consequences for your bad decisions. And yet many of us still act as children. We want somebody else to control things for us. We want to make decisions, but we don't want the consequences. We want somebody else to pay the price. It's a bit like if my neighbor wants to be very irresponsible with his property and some of the, the results of that irresponsibility, maybe he burns things in his yard in an irresponsible way and it comes across and it encroaches on my property and he wants me to pay the bills for what he's done. He's, he's encroaching onto my life. That's a childish way of acting. And yet many of us in our lives, we want to make decisions or we have a friend or a loved one who wants to make bad decisions, but they want me to pay the price or to pick up the, the bill to take the consequences for it. And if we can grow up, we will have healthy relationships but also we will be able to achieve and enjoy all the things that God has planned for us. You know, he's given us a sphere. The Bible says that those who compare and contrast themselves with others are not wise because God has given us a sphere that is ours to control. And then we can choose to link up with other adult type people and do things together. But there is a boundary line for your life that God has given you, things he's called you to do, gifts and, and amazing things that he's put in your life, uh, a calling that he's given you, opportunities that he's put before you, and decisions to make about how you respond to him, how you choose every day what you're going to do, what you're going to say, how you're going to live, how you're going to use the resources God has given you. God has given those to you. And one day on judgment day, you and I will stand each individually before God, and he will say, how did you use what I gave you? How did you act as an adult with the things within your boundary lines, within your sphere? And we need to grow up and learn to use what God has given us effectively and powerfully. I'm going to read you another verse. It's Proverbs 25 and verse 28, and it says, like a city whose walls are broken through, is a person who lacks self-control. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Did you know that self-control is listed as one of the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5? Love, joy, peace, all of these beautiful fruits of the Spirit are supposed to come out of us as the Holy Spirit works in our lives. We become more like Jesus, more loving, more peaceful, more joyful. 
uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and then self-control is the last one. And that's a, a bit of a surprise to many people because they think, when I become a Christian, I'm not supposed to control myself anymore. God is supposed to control me. I'm supposed to just sit back and let him take the wheel, and I don't need to make decisions anymore. God will just control circumstances and control my life. But God says self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Other people think when I become a Christian, I'm supposed to become a doormat where I let other people control me. And whatever anyone wants for me, I must just do it. Whatever they tell me to do, I must just obey. And I must remain like a child, a childish way of acting where I let others tell me what to do where there's always somebody else who's like my mommy or my daddy who will make the decisions, who will pay the bills, who will take the consequences for anything that happens in my life. And I, as a Christian, must just be like a little baby. But no, God says self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. He says, Paul says to Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of self-control or a sound mind or a saved mind or a self-controlled mind where I control myself, but it's out of love. It's not in malice. It's not to hurt others. It's controlling myself. And basically what this means is that I've got to learn what is mine to control and I'm going to do it in a godly way. I'm going to honor God with the things that I can control and I'm going to trust and respect the boundary line so that I don't try and control other people. So let me just summarize. What are the symptoms of a lack of boundaries? Number one is uh, a person who wants to control other people. So this is where I don't respect other people's boundaries. You know, Did you know that one of the words for a sin in the Bible is a trespass? God forgive us our trespasses. And you know what a trespass is? It's where I step over a boundary into somebody else's life. In Romans chapter 14, Paul says, don't judge other people for the decisions they make because they are answering to their own master, God. In other words, if I step over a line and I think I can judge people or control people or tell people what to do or make people do things, I'm treating them as children. And that's a trespass. I'm stepping over a line and God says, don't do it. Re learn to respect. So the first symptom is that I try to control or judge other people or think that I have the right to look over the fence and tell my neighbor, you need to plant different flowers in that garden or you need to have a barbecue next week or whatever it is. No, no, that's his garden. I respect it, but I can control what's in mine. Another symptom is when I act in a certain way, but I don't want to take the consequences. I want somebody else to pick up the bill. I want to be able to live whatever way I like. But mummy and daddy, who maybe not my real mummy and daddy, but just my friends and the people who I work with, they must pick up the consequences. That's a sign that I have no boundaries. And he says here in Proverbs, like a city with its walls broken through is a person who doesn't have self-control. If I can't control myself, then I haven't grown up with the correct boundaries. And now I'd like to just read you this beautiful passage from Psalm 16. It says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure secure. 
The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Friends, God's got a lovely boundary for you. He's got things that he wants you to do. He's got plans for your life. His heart is so full of excitement for the future. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Your boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. And he is your portion. He is your cup. And he secures and looks after. He says, you make my lot secure. He looks after you. But we have to say, Lord, I want to grow up. I want to start making choices. I want to start acting like a grown-up and taking the consequences for my choices. But also, I want to start respecting others' boundaries, and I want to stop expecting other people to come and pick up the, the bill, the, the price tag for some of the things that I've done. You may say, how can we teach our children to grow up like this? Well, we've got to give them increasing levels of autonomy. We've got to give them increasing levels of choice and we've got to respect their choice and treat them like important people in their own right rather than just control them all the time. You know, when a baby is very, very small, we have to control everything. We even have to change their clothes and put their food in their mouth. But as they grow, we allow them to make their own choices. Friend, let your children make their own choices up to the point where they're ready to go out and take responsibility. And as a child gets older into teenage and later teenage years, we should not be picking up the pieces for every mistake they make. Let them understand and, and experience the consequences for their choices, but tell them there are consequences. A good parent says, this is the way to go. There are consequences if you don't go this way, but as you grow older, I'm going to allow you to make choices and experience consequences rather than me always picking up the pieces. Friends, let's put away childish things. Let's grow up and be mature. Let's speak and feel and think like grown-ups. In understanding, be mature, but in malice and harshness, be childlike. Receive the kingdom as a little child. Father, I pray for my friend who's listening to me today. I pray that you would help them, that you would encourage them. Lord, I thank you that your word says that if we have done wrong, we can run back to you, say, I'm sorry, and you forgive us every time. You cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You make us as if we've never sinned, and you give us the power and the forgiveness and the acceptance to move on. Friend, if you have messed up in this area and you need help, Pray to God. He is available. But also let us know at leadinglightsnetwork.com. We would love to help you and walk through this boundary adventure with you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or leadinglightsnetwork.com lighthousejersey.com